Afternoon, gangsters and ballers. Gav Mack here and Alex Osborne. How are you people at home watching to up top? It's the Game Day 36 preview because there's plenty happening this week. So therefore, you have to see our handsome faces. How are you, Alex? Very well, thank you very much, sir. How are you? I'm Alright, I'm Alright. Um, I have it took me a while to wake up because in that much of a daze of how terrible the game was last night between Chelsea and Norwich. Uh, that ended 1-0 to Chelsea. Chelsea were in the are in the driving seat, so they're okay. All they need to do is get a win. But Jesus Christ, at least make it a little bit entertaining. Um <laughs> It's not. It's the, the. It's now at the business end of the season where it just results matter. So, the fact that they Man United couldn't capitalise on uh, their defeat over the weekend and Leicester's defeat over the weekend, which we got to give credit to. Steve uh, Cotton said that that was going to happen. Um, he did. And it always seems to wait. It's like uh, as I was speaking to some of the lads that I play cricket with over the weekend, they were saying, "How funny is it that?" None of the relegation sides have won. And then all of a sudden, they all win on the same weekend. And it's just like, you can't make any ground up there. So Bournemouth and Bournemouth and Aston Villa are just thinking, oh, God, we can't catch any break. You know, we, we win a game. We like we'd probably games that we wouldn't expect to win. And, and then all of a sudden, we're only doing it because we're trying to keep the, the gap dis, uh, the same. And the same applies at the other end of the table. Man United thinking, right, OK. Let's capitalise on Chelsea losing. Let's capitalise on Leicester losing. Let's cement our place in the top four. And, yeah, they just conceded that last minute. Is it equaliser, isn't it, from a corner? Um, yeah, let's Oligan get the graphic of that. Uh, because um, it, that, that Chelsea game had nothing. And Giroud scored. Yeah. Wonderful. That, that so, is it. Yeah, Giroud scored a typical Giroud goal. Header inside the six-yard box. He doesn't do that enough for me. Um, he should do it more considering how good he is in the air but I always felt like he was a bit of a striker who was always on, he's more on his heels than he's on his toes maybe that's just the way he was when he was at Arsenal uh, and now being at Chelsea it's different but I yeah I, would, I want more from Giroud as a striker which is why I've never been a big fan of him well I've, I've always loved Giroud best near post striker in world football so is that's that's what his game is. He he holds the ball up or he'll knob it in at, at, at the at the near post, and that's what he's brilliant at. He doesn't need to be quick. He doesn't need to play off the shoulder. He doesn't have to do that. That's not his game. That his game is adapted to the way he plays. So I, I like Giroud for what he does. I don't feel like he needs to offer more because he should be in a team that players around him are able to offer a lot more for him. Um, but Man United, they. <coughs> They, they they were so Jekyll and Hyde throughout the whole game. I mean, like the first half, I thought, do you know what? I actually thought Southampton were going to score a second goal when they took the lead because they looked they looked pretty good. The first 15, 20 minutes, they were comfortable, and uh, I just thought I thought it was really nice the way the way that Armstrong finished it. But the issue was Pogba or De Gea. Now I think I think it's De Gea's fault, but I know there's a lot of people that are out in Pogba. Because he's one like De Gea is is passing the ball to to Pogba on the edge of a box, and he's trying to turn and and look around. He hasn't got that much time in the world. But why put him in that situation in the first place? Well, De Gea, you got to look at it this way, right? De Gea has look is looking at the play, so he should be able to see what position the Southampton players are in. 
in relation to his own players. Mm. Pogba has his back turned to play, okay? So, yes, I could understand why play, people are having a go at Pogba, because if you have your back to play, if you're turning on the edge of your box like that, you are asking for trouble, especially against a team like Southampton, who are coached by uh, Hassan Hootel, who's very much a Gagan Press manager, okay? So you'll know that, you know that um, in those situations, they are going to be pressing you high up the pitch. Mm. So, Pogba, Pogba is not entirely blameless in this situation. However, De Gea should take responsibility there because he's the one, as I say, who's looking at the play, who can who can see what should be unfolding, and should realise that that pass to Pogba is a risky, is a is a more high risky one than what he could have done elsewhere because of what happened uh, there. So I feel like the blame should be sort of between them, but more on De Gea than Pogba. A little comment there from Lawrence. Thanks for watching, Lawrence. Um, talking about like the the little skills that that Pogba has, and to be so arrogant in that situation, there has to be a call at least. There has to be a shout at least, saying you know, man on your shoulder, you know, because then he can he can look at, pass it straight back to to De Gea, and then he can spread it out to Lindelof or spread it out to Maguire. But there wasn't any of that. I, I, I put I put the blame on De Gea on that situation. But it was a good finish. But then Rashford, you know, good finish there. And Martial, I loved Martial's goal. Just the like the sheer brute force and pace, just batting players off him left, right, and centre. And then the finish itself was was strong. But you've got to close games out. You're Man United. You know you should be. You should be looking at the at the higher end of the table. You should be you should be winning those sort of games. I know Southampton's away form has been it's been brilliant this year, and it's what has kept them in the division. But you know what what is Maguire doing with the marking? Yeah, it, you you've got a point. For, I suppose you you've got to look at the way that they've defended their set, set piece. I mean. I kind of want De Gea to do more. But we know De Gea is not a goalkeeper who comes out and commands his box. He pretty much stays on his line, which adds unnecessary pressure to your defenders because it means your defenders have to kind of do the clearing inside where you would expect. I'm, see, I've been brought up on goalkeepers like Peter Schmeichel, David Seaman, who come out, command your box from crosses, yeah, from corners, and your defenders can, can then... Uh, react accordingly. However, when you've got someone like De Gea who stays on his line, it means that your attackers can get further closer to your goal. Okay, it means also your defenders are closer. You've got bodies around the six-yard box, the, the the goal line, and that's what's happened here. And yes, Maguire's missed it. Yes, Maguire hasn't done it, but De Gea still has to do better. He has to be authority in that box. It's his box. It's his area. It's yeah, my it. why coming out for it. Why aren't you doing that? And he's always, and that is why he's never been one of the best goalkeepers in the world for me. Yeah, Thank he makes. You. He's really- not a world class goalkeeper. I've been saying this for a long time, and people are like, oh, yeah, but look how many clean sheets he's kept. Yeah, he's very good shot stopping, but he doesn't know what to do yeah. in terms of owning his and- area. That's that's your domain. You know that you, that that that's all you. You should be. You shouldn't be fapping about. You shouldn't punch it or. He makes a couple of decent TV saves and we're all like, oh, yeah, that's what De Gea is about. He's world class. You watch it again. It's like, mate, you could have caught that. So, so yeah, um, I don't, I don't I buy it. I will say this, right? Let's not go overboard here. This is only the second game since, what, Bruno Fernandes has come in. In fact, Man United's form this year, if you're going by this year, is very, very good, OK? So let's hmm. not go overboard the fact that 
Um, they've drawn this game at, at home to Southampton. Yes, you'd expect them to win. However, if you look at the overall picture, Man United are going in the right direction. Okay, they are probably going to they are probably going to qualify for Champions League football. It's just unfortunately this result has come at the wrong time for them uh, in terms yeah. of not capitalising on other teams. Uh, poor for uh, well, poor results uh, around them, but yeah, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't start ripping up the whole thing and just blowing it up and going again. They just need to make a couple of, I think, just one or two additions, and Man United are going to be right there next season. I think um, uh, one, alongside Liverpool, Man City. What one one team that can potentially capitalise on issues at the top there is Wolves, and they've got Burnley away tonight. That's at six o'clock. Um, Wolves picked up a really important win against against Everton at the weekend, and Burnley are, are just so weird. You know, you don't Burnley will either win this game one nil or lose this game three nil. We don't know which Burnley side are going to show up, but on on paper, this has got to be a Wolves win, and that well, could put the cat amongst the pigeons. You know, that's the that yeah. game is actually on BBC tonight as well. Yeah, so I mean, again, also you think about it on paper, Burnley probably don't really have much to play for. Uh, I know that they they're not they're what three or four maybe five points off the European positions, um, but with only three games left, that's a bit too much of a gap to to try and overcome. Okay. Yeah, um, Burnley are in tenth so, on fifty points. Um, Wolves are in sixth on fifty five. You know, seventh place yeah. could be a European spot, so that it is open be, at the moment but, for Sheffield United, Spurs, Arsenal, Burnley. You know, because there's only four points between those. Yeah, so it, it, looking at it this way, Burnley don't really have much to play for. Wolves have more to play for. You would expect Wolves would be the more uh, not looking towards the end of the season. They're they're looking to try and push on. Um, so I kind of feel like this is a tough one to call still, though. Um, well, this is going this is going to nil nil from from the boy Arnold via uh, via Periscope. He reckons nil nil lump it on. OK, well, uh, bet responsibly, but uh, we'll, we'll come back to that comment. We can start calling him the tipster, the boy Arnold, um, <laughs> if he gets it right. But personally, I'm going to sit on the fence on this one and uh, say this is too tough for me to call. <laughs> Wonderful. Cheers for that. Yes. Um, I haven't put my prediction in. I'm going to, I'm going to go 2-0 Wolves. I'm going to go 2-0 Wolves. Uh, go brave. Go hard or go home, as they say. Uh, Man City versus Bournemouth. Now, Bournemouth picked up the shock, the most shocking result of the weekend. But there's no way they could go to Man City and get a result, surely. Uh, well, you say that, surely. But surely. Think, Man, 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 City have, Man City have got uh, the FA Cup semi-final uh, over the weekend, right? So I can imagine that they're going to be... Considering that they can't finish in any other position other than second now. So... And they can still, uh, so they can still win the FA Cup. Obviously, some silverware. So yeah, I love looking to see Man City's squad being used to its full capacity here. Um, I would be shocked and disappointed if Phil Foden doesn't play today. Doesn't start. Um, uh, I be. The... I want to see Phil Foden start at the weekend in the FA Cup. That's what I want. So to see. yeah, I mean, he should be, but he won't do. I, I, I certainly won't imagine that he would. Um, but um, even a, to be fair, even a rotated Man City team should beat Bournemouth quite comfortably. Uh, I, I think uh, I think two or three nil here, Man City. Uh, but it wouldn't surprise me 
if Bournemouth did something because Man City's, as I say, their focus is elsewhere. Um, no, another tip there from the boy Arnold. Uh, that's my pal Phil over in Dubes, by the way. Um, Man City three 0 Foden, David Silva, and and uh, Mares. Hmm. Interesting. I'm I'm intrigued to see how that game will go. That game is live on Sky Sports, um, and also at six pm. Uh, this is also live on Sky. Um, is this one live on Sky Sports? No, this was on BT Sport, and that is Newcastle versus Tottenham. Now, do you want to hear something interesting? Yes. Jose Mourinho has never beaten Newcastle. Yes, exactly that. Jose Mourinho has never beaten Newcastle United. So this means it's going to be a 2-0 Spurs win tonight, surely? (laughs) Um, Well, they should be confident. They should be riding high after their winning the league uh, uh, on Sunday. Um, Yes. uh, Do you reckon Newcastle will give them a guard of honour? They they might do actually. I I've got a feeling they 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 might just um, and every team who play them uh, now to the end of the season should give uh, Man, uh, Spurs a guard of honour now. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> but um, I fancy Newcastle this one. Do you actually? Yeah, I I, I think uh, Spurs' waveform hasn't been great. Um, Newcastle, I know they they kind of got slapped in their last game. But uh, I, I feel like Newcastle will want to get back, bounce back and uh, look for a Alan St. Maximan masterclass and queuing all the memes up in Twitter and everything. Mate, I do like him, to be fair. I do like him. Where are we going with this? One apiece, uh, Big Phil says. One apiece on that one. Um, I, I am also going for a draw. I think it might be two apiece. And I just want to laugh when Joe Linton bags. And I want it. I want. I want. I want it to be one off his shin, one of those ones, and then all the Newcastle fans go, "There you go. There's your forty-five million. That's what we bought him for. Brilliant." Um, and then Arsenal versus. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh! Here's a comment from Stu Allen. There we go. You're not bitter, then, lads. No, it's just yeah. hilarious. Your fans are a joke, including yourself, just Stu. Now nah, you're all right, Stu. To be fair, yeah. you are. Yeah, you're 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 one you're, you're, you're one of the better ones. Um, <laughs> Arsenal versus Liverpool. Uh, that's live on Sky Sports. I've put kickoff six p.m. It's not. It's eight fifteen. That game, uh, and that is live on Sky Sports. I'll tell you what. Why don't we edit that so therefore people don't get the wrong idea and be like, oh, we thought Arsenal were kicking off at quarter past six. Um, no, they're not. It's quarter past eight. So this, you know, Liverpool, they need to win out in order to get their their 100 points. So I can see them going strong here. Liverpool win this game. I don't think there's too much... Uh, I think there's too much doubt about that. Um, Mesut Ozil's now trying to cause a little bit of friction. Uh, tweeting uh, or putting on his Instagram saying he's ready. Yeah, I saw that. Um, yeah, that's and... great. <laughs> Be ready, pal. Be ready, pal. We don't want you. Yeah, he, he can stay ready because he's he, he's I he's clear he doesn't want to. Arteta does, doesn't want to play. Doesn't want him to play because yeah, he's fully fit. he only wants players. To, he only wants players to play for, who want to play for Arsenal and who who are going to actually try. And put in a hundred percent every game, and Mesut Ozil just doesn't do that. And I, I was just having this conversation with with Martin before we came on the air, 
I, I, st- I will maintain until he leaves the club, Meza Ozil is Arsenal's biggest problem because of the amount of wages that he's being paid. We're not getting what he's what those wages are supposed to be paying for. And it's just a drain on the resources, which means that elsewhere you can't spend that money on a new player or offer Aubameyang more for a contract extension or whatever it may be. Until Meza Ozil is left and out of the club, he's going to be the biggest issue for Arsenal. Yeah, um, what, so, what are you saying the scoreline is going to be? Um, uh, 3-1 Liverpool yeah I, I, I thought 3-1 this morning as well um, tipster Phil has gone 2-0 Liverpool and a bit of a giggle there with um, two Mustafi Oggies uh, I don't think it would be that bad surely um, that, that's all of Wednesday's games that's today if you're watching it today and yesterday if you're watching it tomorrow um, <laughs> on Thursday uh, we have a number of fixtures as well. We've got four fixtures on Thursday. We have Everton versus Aston Villa. Now, this is an interesting one. This really is an interesting one because... This, yes, yes, this is... Aston, Aston, Aston Villa, you know, they got a really important victory at the weekend and they will be buoyed off the back of that. And Everton, yeah, yeah. they need to... I think I think we alluded to it on, on a weekend show that Everton really need to walk away from this 4-4-2 mentality. And not just that mentality, that when you're losing, let's just put on five attacking players to make it a 4-1-5, because they do that way too often. So they need to go down the 4-2-3-1 route. They need to utilise wing play. They need Bernard on one side uh, and put Richarlison on the right-hand side. And then, you know, in behind, play Sigerson where he's meant to be. He is a support support striker, number 10, Tracatista, whatever you want to call it. He plays in behind a striker. That's exactly what he does. For him playing in centre midfield alongside Tom Davies just doesn't work. And I don't understand why they can't see that. Um, I think this one is all about Aston Villa. If Aston Villa play well for me here, they will win this game, I think. Uh, and in order for them to play well, Jack Grealish is going to have to be the man that drives them forward. Um, he's going to be instrumental, isn't he? He's going to be have to be instrumental because Villa's... Uh, the, the, the weak part about Aston Villa, more than anything, is that their strikers are hopeless, all of them. Mm. They, haven't got a, they haven't got a decent striker amongst them. Um, and they spent big so, money on Samata, big money on Wesley. Yeah. Wesley's obviously out for the season, but he's terrible anyway. Yeah, uh, and uh, Samata just seems like another version of him. So, um, Aston Villa play well. Hopefully, they're buoyed by the confidence they got from the last game. You know, and the football teams always take the previous results in uh, with them into the next game. Okay, so Aston Villa won. Everton lost, I think, didn't they? Everton lost, I think yes, they lost uh, their previous Wolves. game. Yeah, so... Um, it is a recipe there for Aston Villa to to actually try and spring a surprise on Everton, look for them to start strong. So I think whoever gets the first goal in this one will actually be crucial, to be honest with you. So, But I, I'm actually going to go at Aston Villa on this one. I think Villa will actually pull out the bag. OK, well, Everton, they're currently 11th in the table. They're on 45 points. They can't go up, they can't go down. Uh, but I think they might have an element of pride knocking around as well. So they don't want they to finish be. as low as 14th, whereas because Crystal Palace are currently in 14th place, 
on 42 points. So they, they, they don't want to finish in 14th place. I think even even though they can't get to Europe or anything, it, it would be regarded as a failure. It, sh- it should be professional pride no matter when you come out and put, uh, you perform on the pitch, you know. Um, you should always be your hardest. But, you know, we're, we're human at the end of the day. There's, it is naturally for you just to drop off a couple of percent when there's nothing for you at all that you can gain from it. So I, I'm i looking to Aston Villa to win that game. I, I think they will do it. Mr Arnold's gone with a 2-1 Everton win. Dominic Calvert-Lewin with a brace and Jack Grealish on the score sheet as well. Um, Leicester, it's their time to bounce back. Leicester versus Sheffield United. This is not the game that you want when you're trying to bounce back off an embarrassing defeat. No, not at all. Uh, Sheffield United are banging form now, aren't they? They've uh, Since that FA Cup loss to Arsenal, they haven't lost a game. Uh, yeah, they've got over their blip. They did indeed. Uh, they, 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 they beat Wolves with the last minute goal. Uh, they beat Spurs comfortably. And um, I think they... I think they drew another game as well. So they're certainly banging form. They're back they beat to Chelsea, where didn't they? they beat Chelsea as well. Yes, of course. So um, there you go. They're, they're coming into this game full of confidence. And Leicester, <laughs> well, they're going to be without Soyuncu for a start because he's he's suspended. Yeah, okay, he's out for the end of the season now, isn't he? That's, that's, uh, yeah. that, that will carry a three-match ban. So he's not going to be playing um, again until next season. And you saw how they defended when they were put under pressure. Um mm. They just capitulated. So, uh, I mean, we, we've both said that Brendan Rodgers is a good manager when things are going well. But when things aren't going so well, he doesn't know, he doesn't seem to be able to turn that tide around or get a different tune out of his players to then try and obviously stop that bad run of results happening. Um, mm. So I, I fancy Sheffield United in this game. Yeah, I, I'm going Sheffield United as well. Sheffield United are very, they're so regimented. I love how yes. rigid they are, which is weird because I, I like flow, free-flowing football. But Sheffield United have changed the mentality on how to be rigid and it, it works with them. They just, they're in a unit, you know, one goes up on, because they throw play three at the back, don't they? You know, what, what if one full back goes forward, the other one, wing back, I should say, the other one will, will sit deep and make a four and they, they just sort of mirror it as they go in up and, 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 and defending. I think, I think it's brilliant now they do it and that will make, that will, that will cause a struggle with, with Leicester today. Um, well, tomorrow I should say. I'm going. I'm going a tight one, but it would be a one-nil win for for Sheffield United for me. I th- I think I think uh, yeah. I, I probably agree with that. Um, it's going to be interesting for Sheffield United looking looking ahead. If we look past the season, how they uh, manage to cope with uh, teams uh, adapting to the way they play next season. I mean, it's all well and good, obviously doing it for this season, but uh, this next season will be a big test of how. Of Chrissy Wilder's managerial skills when he when he realizes that he's going to come up against teams who understand the way that they play because yeah. let's be honest again the players are not really of the highest quality of Sheffield United they would say you would look at you'd look at it on paper and think okay well they're certainly one of the bottom five or six sides in the Premier League um, but because of their collective uh, work rate they bought into what Chrissy Wilder has given them. We've mm. said it numerous times, haven't we, that they've all bought in. Um, so when teams have got how you play, 
can you then adapt to that? So it'll be interesting for see what Sheffield United do next season. But yeah. that doesn't need take to look away for a plan B, doesn't it? Just in case. Needs need, need, need a plan B just in case, doesn't he? Exactly. Yes. Mm. Yes. Um, also tomorrow, quarter past eight in the eve, Southampton versus Brighton. Um, oh, sorry, before we carry on, I just want to just lob out there something that an Arsenal fan and a Spurs fan agree on. Uh, Wilder, manager of the year. Why the hell not? Give it to him. He deserves it. You know, that, that, team, sh- that team should be relegated. I'm sorry, but mm-hmm. yeah. they're, they're, they're pushing on the door of Europe. So that, for that alone, he deserves manager of the year. Um, so, but then another shout for manager of the year is Hart and We mentioned Southampton already today. Yes. Uh, Southampton versus Brighton. Now, Southampton's away form, we mentioned earlier on in the show, is what has been carrying them forwards. But they'll look at that Man United game and think, yes, let's go slap Brighton up. And Brighton, they were sort of dragged back in it, but they're 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 fine now. I, I, I would say I can't see I can't see Brighton dropping five points. Uh, um, sorry, uh, Bournemouth amassing five points in the next three games and have West Ham win out and Watford win out. Well, they can't both win out, but um, if they draw the next game and then win their final games of the season and then Bournemouth win both their games, that's well, you know, Brighton, Brighton is sound. They're, they're okay. They'll be staying up. Yes, they will be staying up. Um, this this game's on Thursday, isn't it? This is Thursday, Thursday. yeah. Yeah, so sorry. Just it, you uh, might need to do a little bit of editing again on the uh, on the. Oh, for the love of Jesus! Yes, um, it <laughs> says Wednesday. It says Wednesday on 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 the uh, on the screen. It is definitely Thursday. Uh, Southampton win for this one for me. Um, uh, Hassan Hootel has been. He's done another good job because again, equally like Sheffield United, I do not know, do not think that she- she- Southampton's squad is actually that any good. They've got a good striker in Danny Ings, yep. Um, and uh, James Ward-Prowse, I think he is a Premier League player. I, I think he's a pretty decent one at that as well. Nathan, I remember Redman his debut flashes. actually. Um, James Ward-Prowse, he scored. A, he scored um, on his on his debut against Man City away from home, and we were like, "Hold on a minute, this guy's all right." It's when they first got back into the Prem. City won that game yeah. in the end, but yes, um, yeah, yeah, he's um, good. He's a good young player. He's still young to me. He's twenty four. Um, yeah. Just like Nathan Redmond's young at 26. Man, I still can't believe Nathan Redmond is <laughs> so young. Like, honestly, I thought it, I literally thought he was coming out to retirement. Um, but uh, other than those, I I don't think Southampton have got much quality. But again, Hassan Hootel's built a built a side that's greater than the sum of its parts. So. Um, and he's been rewarded with, um, well, let's hope Southampton don't regret it, uh, an Alan Pardew-type contract for uh, Hassan Hootel. Uh, but um, it do, what it probably does mean is if he does get poached, they're going to get a large compensation uh, yes. uh, paid to them um, for that. So, I mean, I suppose that's a plus there. But I, I fancy Southampton this one, uh, to be honest with you. I think they, they will win a game at home, which has been a rare occurrence for them this season. Yeah, um, I'm agreeing with you a lot today. I like to go against you uh, just to mix it up a little <laughs> bit, but I, I, I can't, I can't disagree with you at all today, on Frere. Not at all. Um, and then the final game uh, that we'll be talking about 
is Crystal Palace versus Manchester United. Um, Conor Osborne, I'll be coming back to you in a moment about the Arsenal-Liverpool score. Um, but, um, but, yeah, Palace don't score goals. Manchester United do. It's a three, maybe a four-nil win for Manchester United on Thursday night, which will be live on BT Sport. Yeah, I would try and go against you here, but no, Man United win all day long. 2-0 two, two for me. Um, but uh, yeah, I think um, Bruno Fernandes will carry on his good form and score. I think he'll score on Thursday. I think the only way Palace are going to bag is if they get a free kick on 20, like 25 yards out and Milojevic has it. That's the only or, or or a penalty, and Milojevic will take that as well. I can't see Zaha turn it on. It'll be in the back pocket of Wambasaka all game. Um, Luke Shaw looks like he's going to be out. Um, Brandon Williams looks like he's going to be out. So there could be a little bit of change at left back. I'm not quite sure who they'll who they'll probably put there. They might change the system. Well, it is just all, all plain to see at the moment. But um, yeah, I, I can't, I can't see past Manchester United at all. Really can't. The Aaron Wan, the Aaron Wan-Bissaka derby. The Aaron Wan-Bissaka derby. Yeah, I love it. The, the, the Wolf Zaha derby. The Wolf Zaha derby. Yeah, yeah. There you go. You know, here, there, and everywhere. These are right. Um, so Connor has asked a prediction for. Well, Oh, hello there. Um, for the Arsenal Liverpool score, look, Major Gooner, let's be honest, it's going to be 3 0. Look, Manchester, uh, Arsenal haven't beaten Liverpool in their last nine games. And the last time Arsenal picked up a victory against Liverpool at home was in 2015 when uh, Bellerin scored that really nice goal where he cut inside and that dig. 4 um, 1 win that was that day. Um, but that was when Arsenal weren't too bad. And Arsenal are now. Th- Really bad. So, I can't see how Liverpool will not get a result today. So, yeah, 3-1 yeah. Liverpool I went with. Yeah, same. I, I said it's exactly the same. There you go. Right then, um, as you can see on the bottom of the screen, our YouTube channel is going across there, at Twitter Top Football. We're available to watch now on not just YouTube, but on Twitch and on Periscope and on Facebook, as well as YouTube. But... We want people to start subscribing to the YouTube channel and uh, there's going to be a couple of competitions and incentives knocking around there very soon to try and get you guys to get involved in that. That will be all available on our Facebook page. We put the user Facebook page and the Twitter page for a bit of info and insight and then everything else is to look at our handsome faces. And did you know? Exactly. Did you know? If you put two up top on Google. Do we come up first? We come up first. We come up first. Can I also just say, did you know, right, that we reached an important milestone uh, within the last week? Yes, I did. Um, over a thousand followers on the Top Facebook page, which is brilliant. And thank you, everybody, so much for your continued support. And with all your support, it just allows us to add new things and do other bits and bobs. So, you know, we're, we're, you know it, it, that, in, that input is allowing us to change our exactly. graphics around. And- one of those inputs you guys in. Was that brilliant interview you did yesterday with uh, Jed? Is it Jed? Or... Yeah, Jed Searson. Uh, who, Jed Searson. You know, for, former, former Leighton Orient, Grimsby and West Ham United scout. And um, is, is very, very well connected in the football world. It's really he good. Uh, it's really good interview Great to watch. 
great insight to that side of football that I don't think is highlighted quite often in the in the media. You don't really you don't really ever get uh, scouts speaking on radio or mm. recruitment being talked about. So it was great just to hear um, uh, that side of football being shared with the people. And those for those that didn't see the video live yesterday, you can go back on our YouTube channel and it's there for you to watch. Uh, so please, if you are interested in finding out how scouting and football goes and, and, and what Jed is doing now and how you can potentially even... Yeah start that route please go back and watch our video yesterday yesterday with gav's brilliant interview that he did with jed because that Good was job. i was watching it and i was I, I i stayed fascinated and glued to it for was it an hour was it an hour and 20 minutes and it, it was oh, just a, bit, it yeah. was a great insight it, it, it's just so informative but yeah that that uh on, on the on on that website on that website on that video there is information on how you can become a scout so if you are interested in doing it, you need to make sure you speak to Jed. And when you do, uh, he's very responsive as well. If you contact him on LinkedIn, um, it, he will respond to every single message on there. He's also available on, on, on Facebook with the S4 Football Recruitment page. And that will be information on that on our page. So, yeah, just be in contact. And if you do book onto a course, just, just let him know that you, you found out the information from us at two at top. That'd be wonderful. But uh, from myself and Alex, I think that is all. So uh, enjoy your days and we will see you tomorrow at 5 p.m. for the top fives. Thank you and ta -ra.